0: Welcome into the waiver fire podcast. Nick and JP are joining you in late March, twenty twenty-two. We have Tyreek Hill news, but really we have Cape Fear discussion. We are continuing the Scorsese lineage here. We have worked through so many of his films, had so much fun already, and and we're really getting to one of his really big blockbusters here. But uh, JP, how's it going, man?
1: going good we we have a really big lull in nfl news so we'll probably be slim there we're really just kind of chomping at the bit to do like a like a mock or something today but it just seems like it's not in the cards for us we're going to wait till it's more convenient and uh it's definitely coming soon if you, if you guys listened last summer you you would know that we just we just mock until we die and hit up best balls and all that stuff during the late summer. I and, do, uh,
0: go ahead.
1: Um, I look forward to it again.
0: Absolutely. I do think that underdog fantasy might have best balls already available. Maybe. Yeah,
1: they do. Yeah, they do.
0: <laughs> but I am not, I am not enough of an addict to already be diving in, but we'll definitely uh, do so do so soon. But um Tyreek, you know, let's talk just quickly about it. I mean, I don't I don't know really what what there is to say. Everybody kind of gets hurt by this except for Kelsey, I guess, coming into the year and I don't know. Kelsey kind of hurt us a little bit last year. Do you think with this news Kelsey gets right back into that first round again?
1: Yeah. Um yeah. I'm really not sure. Uh there's a the, my friend at work, Gavin, is uh, is he's always telling me – he's saying that uh, everyone's just going to be all on Kelsey now, mm. and it's just going to be so tough. Uh, my argument is that Juju is there now. Juju's Maybe he, he, mm-hmm. can, he can clear things up.
0: And I, I do feel like the tight end position with – you know, Waller now has Devontae Adams – as, as kind of a target hog and and Mark Andrews just kind of falling back to the pack. Um, you know, Kittle is still very good, but probably going to have a new quarterback. Like me, I feel like the gap between Kelsey and everybody else has just even increased more and more of the off season. So it does, it does make a lot of sense to me for him to be a, a first rounder. Yeah. Um, everybody else basically gets hurt. It'll be interesting to see where Tyreek goes. Does Tyreek still stay in the second round? I think there's going to be quite a bit of fear, but obviously huge upside for him.
1: Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure. I think it's all it's all on the shoulders of Tua. We'll see what if Tua. You, if you're gonna pick, uh, if you're gonna pick up Tyreek at any point then you might as well pick up Tua wherever he's going and stack and go all in because that's what you're saying right that's what you're saying because if if Tyree's going to be anything like what he was with with Mahomes then like it won't be like Mahomes like with uh with the whole like tight end one in the league attached or something but it might be like big Ben with Antonio Brown or something, right? That's what, that's what the success of this looks like. Like if, if it's going to happen and if it doesn't happen like that, then
0: oops. I think think they definitely going to be a big oops. It's going to be a huge oops, but at the same time, they, they need to know if they have it with Tua. So I think they're going to just completely test the waters and and let him try to do his thing. And, And like you said, if it's, If it's not there, you'll know within the first five games, probably. And it's just like, uh uh-oh. But, um, yeah, I I agree. And I really think that was... It's up to them. I think that was basically the only big news uh, this past week. Thankfully, it was kind of chill. Um, You mentioned mocks. You mentioned pre-pod that you have some some tidbit on ESPN fantasy platform. What do you got for us?
1: Yeah, so... They're about to start allowing you to play the Howard Stern rules, okay. which is where you get one two wins, two losses, one win, one loss on the week, depending on width, whether you win your week and then how you rank in in points. Okay, in the league. Gotcha. So, so you have to be in the top half.
0: Mm. Don't mind so, it. Don't mind it at all. I, I think a lot it's of like people novelty,
1: you know, but it just seems cool.
0: Well, I think a lot of people in my main league definitely, if they you know finish second and, and they lose to the first place, it, it does sting a lot. And some people don't like that. Some people actively do like that. They they're kind of sadists and think that that's enjoyable. And and I get it, man. If you want to not completely go away from head to head, but, but massage the numbers a little bit, make sure that, you know, the quote unquote best teams make it to the playoffs. That's totally cool with me. I, I guess I'm a sucker for old school, so I'm resistant to change. And I kind of, I think it's hilarious when, you know, there's a a huge head to head match and somebody loses by a point or so even. So I kind of like that kind of stuff, but, but I understand why, why it can be frustrating for sure.
1: Yeah, and I think they they were they were also just bragging about how they got a lot more keeper first keeper functionality and stuff like that.
0: So. Okay, all right. Well, I am not on. Am I on? I don't think I was on ESPN at all this past year, but uh,
1: I was not. I had Sleeper and Yahoo.
0: Same here. Same here. So we'll see if they can lure us back. But um, uh, oh.
1: I was talking earlier shout shout out to Gavin my coworker he he's got me on um this new like betting app that's mm. legal in Alabama mm. prize picks have you heard of it
0: you said prize or price prize prize picks i have not i'm not a huge i usually uh, unfortunately if i want to place a bet on something i will have a friend do it for me and and deal with them. So I, I do not use a personal gambling app, but that's cool that you're a final in Alabama.
1: Well, yeah, it's not like really, really gambly. It's more like a you you have to pick like a, kind of a parlay system, like but you it you can't bet on games. It has to be like props, like player props and stuff like that. I gotcha. So in basketballs, you could go like points, assists, rebounds. Uh, like a combination of the three or like fantasy score and stuff like that and it's Mm. it is so fun you can just find these people and and the coolest thing about it is that it we we mainly look at nba but this past weekend i was betting on uh disc golf oh hell yeah (laughs) and it was the craziest thing ever like i was just like on the the pro disc golf website looking at stats of these these, like, nobody disc golfers and betting that they were going to shit the bed during the tournament.
0: That is... <laughs> you dove deep on this shit. That's awesome. And it was,
1: and it was great, because disc golf's awesome. I love to
0: fuck around with that. Oh, for sure. Did you actually get to watch any of it, or did you just kind of keep up with the scores and stuff?
1: No, yeah, I did watch it. They, nice. It was the Texas Disc Golf Championship, and I was able to watch the the top card.
0: That's great, man. I I've wa- I have recently been watching some older disc golf uh, tournaments. I have not seen a live one, so that's that's pretty sick, man. Awesome. Well, should we dive into some movie time? Let's do it. So we've got. Well, we did we did skip Goodfellows, which may be blasphemy, but you and I have seen it a million times, and there's not much to say. The only thing I, I feel will like, other I
1: feel like other people have too. You know, it it. It might even come on television.
0: Absolutely. Definitely. I mean, it's a great film. It's a classic for sure. The only thing I will say is, I do have the Blu ray. I did go back and I, I was pretty excited when I saw that it had commentary from Scorsese and the crew. And, and God damn it, JP, this is, this has to go down as probably the most disappointing commentary on a film I've ever seen in my life. It is, it is literally Scorsese saying maybe like two sentences. And then the cast and crew basically like kind of falling over themselves saying, Oh, it was just such a great time here. And uh uh just really loved working with everybody. Literally like I'm okay with that being tossed in, but it was literally the whole two hours, man. It was, it was absolutely brutal. There was, essentially zero insight into the film or any funny backstories or anything it was it was so rough and and just a complete it was a travesty man i was cuz for such a great film to have awesome badass actors and the director like scorsese like i've heard scorsese talk about film many times and it's fantastic like it's it's like just bordering on nerdum uh skill and enthusiasm and it's great and he, he basically just said like i did this film uh and and uh you know i had done mean streets and so it kind of felt like a fit and um, i'm gonna turn it over to the crew now and i was like wow that's that's just like the last thing i wanted but let's uh let's not spend too much time on that it's, it doesn't taint the, that film in any way so we decided to To dive into cape fear which uh, again as i talked about in the last pod man i was i was very excited about this film i I was a little hesitant because it kind of you know from a trailer perspective it just looked like kind of a classic like thriller movie but but i was excited um and, and going into it it definitely had some some very interesting and enjoyable parts for sure but uh this was not your first time right jp
1: so I think that I didn't ever finish this movie. Okay. I, I might've watched it a few times. So once I got really deep into it, it, it seemed unfamiliar to me. I see. And yeah, I guess I I did not. So
0: I think I have the exact one. I think when I was actually like a kid, like maybe 13, 14, this happened to be on TV. And I think I caught like literally like the ending scene with the storm and stuff. Cause I, that, that like for some reason brought some vivid memories back to me. So I feel like I've, I had only seen the ending before, but um, well, what did you think, man?
1: Well, I really enjoyed it. There was only a few parts where they lost me and it, it didn't really do much to lose me. I was able to come back and enjoy whatever, they were trying to put together right after, like, for instance, I mean, me and my brother watched it together. We were both laughing at the part where they were all slipping around in the blood.
0: Oh man.
1: And then all they're all covered in blood, and then they run outside, and then he just like unloads a clip to nowhere, like pew pew. pew, pew, pew.
0: That Louisiana back country, man. You just let it rip.
1: Yeah, I guess. And then they're just... It was just so stupid. They were just slipping around like these dumbasses.
0: Right.
1: Yeah, it was It was very funny. Um, but the rest of the movie, I mean, he, he was kind of menacing. You know, you'd have to say, like, this is... This is kind of like the dark side of that De Niro type of character that he's been playing this whole time. Yes. Like like what could be like the worst that could come of this um really extroverted um macho, like uh almost like a drifter type of character.
0: Which he I mean he has the same a similar um, sinister appeal in Goodfellas, but obviously coats it with this kind of, you know, veneer out in front where he's like this very smooth, handsome guy. In this one, it's just full on, you know, external, internal nastiness from from the beginning for sure. But, but I agree with you, man. I, I thought it was, I thought it was enjoyable. It moved. I felt like it moved very fast, which I, I feel like a thriller just has to do. And, you know, things that in real, maybe some other movies, like how he so quickly, you know, gets this um, gets this, uh, what would you call it? Private, private eye to go from following him to hooking him up with thugs to you know committing basically castle style murder with him all felt very fast but but i thought that private eye character was was the actor was very good so it all kind of yeah. worked out but that moved very fast yeah, um, that,
1: that private eye dude i for a while i was thinking that he was actually with katie
0: oh that could have and could have played. but
1: then at the at a certain point there was no way because he was just like trying to set that weird little trap and then like creeping around on the floor and stuff with his gun Mm. and eventually just getting destroyed right by katie so obviously not
0: anyway very very intense little what what, it was almost like uh i feel like two other movies have predominantly done the the kind of murderer in drag you had, you had um, psycho and you had dark night when he dresses up as like a nurse. So it was, it was to my mind, having seen it twice, it was like a little cliche that he was now in the um, what is it like the housemaids uh, attire, but, but I'm guessing at the time it played pretty well. Um, I, I do want to step back just for a second, man, because I'm looking at, 1991 which is when this movie came out we're finally into the 90s dude what a year in movies you have i was
1: birthed on 99 1990
0: yes i was 90 as well so you know this is this is when we're wee little babes but man 91 you had silence of the lambs like all-time classic jfk strong movie barton fink uh, fantastic in my opinion um you've got what else do you have here you've got um hook which i know is not a cinematic masterpiece but hook is uh, a
1: childhood, hook is great
0: childhood favorite for sure you uh, have, yeah you, it's good you've got terminator 2 coming out that year like one of my favorite movies boys in the hood um what was the what was the cartoon that came out this year, uh that year? It was um the the original Beauty and the Beast. Like that is that is an absolute monster. Oh, and then I don't know if you know Chinese movies, but Raise the Red Lantern came out in China that year. That is an incredible Chinese movie. So like dude, 91 was straight up slaying it, right? Uh, incredible year. So Um, And and to to kind of top it all off, like you said, Cape Fear was kind of the blockbuster of the year. 182 million. I'm very quickly trying to look up um, how silent. Terminator slammed. I mean, Terminator, the summer blockbuster of all time, right? But what did um, I'm trying to very quickly see? Wow, dude, people straight up hit up the theater in '90 uh 91 science lamps hit 272 million terminator 2 whoa terminator 2 had a 100 million dollar budget and it grossed a oh, 520 million i mean what an absolute monster year for hollywood that is insane amount of cash um so t- tough competition but but they pulled through, man. Uh, this was a this was a solid film. You know, I, I don't think that it was it was one of my favorite films for sure. I mean, I think Nick Nolte is, is pretty good in this role. I don't think he's perfect. You know who actually I really liked in this film was um was Nolte's wife. Uh what was her name? I can't even uh Jessica Lange. yes, dude.
1: Uh she's she's have you have you ever seen any of the American Horror Stories?
0: I have not. Is she? You have talked she's a, it a few she's times. In it. She's in all of them, I think. Oh, well, I know you have talked highly of it, so I will have to, I will have to look, man. But she, I thought she just straight up killed it, dude. And I'm, I'm trying to check out other things that she was. She was in Tootsie.
1: She's in another thing that's like a her. Her biggest uh, critically
0: acclaimed one. It's uh, hold on. Oh, she was in Broken Flowers. I haven't seen that yet.
1: Well, that's sure. a that's a good watch. It's not like something that's going to blow your mind, but it's it's good.
0: I should check that out. I do now that I'm looking through the list. This is weird, but the way I actually know her is through Big Fish. I I know her from Big Fish for some reason. But Big uh, fish. <laughs> but man, I, I mean, she didn't have a lot to do, but she wasn't, she was in it pretty prevalently. And yeah, Jessica, like she, she did very well, man. And then, I mean, uh, Juliette Lewis as the daughter, Danielle, solid performance, you know, kind of playing the, I don't know, I don't know how to say it, but kind of emotionally seemingly abused a little bit from the father and, distant um you know very ripe for unfortunately like seduction and somebody who, who's seemingly just listening to her but ultimately has I mean it was a really I, I felt like it was a well-cast film um you know I'm trying to kind of think of like favorite scenes or things that I thought were kind of flashy um I guess, uh, I guess the scene where the thugs come and beat him up, and he kind of turns the tide, and I don't, I don't think he kills any of the thugs, but, and you've got Nick Nolte hiding behind the trash can, which I don't even know really why he was there for it, but, it was that was a very, uh, tense scene right there. Yeah,
1: I thought that was that was a pretty good one. Mm-hmm.
0: No,
1: he was getting tore up. I guess he can't feel pain.
0: Man, whatever.
1: That right there. That's kind of lame.
0: It was, it was. I mean, I don't think it's that he doesn't feel pain. Like when he, when he burns himself with the wax towards the end, he still, uh, he still flinches away after a while. But it's a little strange how, um, uh, he's been kind of, um, I don't know, made a hero by being like raped at the penitentiary for so long or something. It was, it was dark. It was very dark for sure. Um, I guess the scene where he picks up the girl from the bar. I don't know. Like, I i guess we're, I know we're supposed to think that she's just like pretty drunk at this point, but the way she just laughs at literally everything. I don't know. Not exactly my favorite, but when he bites her cheek off, that got oh me. boy. That got me.
1: He sure did bite that cheek off.
0: I mean, that she- was yeah
1: maybe that's the way people used to act i don't know
0: could be it was that was another not
1: biting cheeks off
0: right i'm with you (laughs) um i guess the the drama teacher scene where she's at the theater the theater and uh like he sticks his thumb in her mouth and she and no that I mean obviously this is the same year that Silence of the Lambs came out and so America is obviously desensitized towards really I guess at that point everything because Silence of the Lambs is about as bad as it gets um so you know having a child be sexually seduced by a grown you know convict I guess not that bad when you compare it to Silence of the Lambs but but it definitely kind of raised some eyebrows like wow is this this is really like a, I do don't know—is it okay to have on TV? I—it it was a—it was a tough thing to watch for sure, especially having a, a young daughter myself. Only like four yeah,
1: it ago. was uncomfortable when he was putting his fingers in her mouth.
0: Very uncomfortable, dude, for sure, for sure. But but powerful stuff. Um, let's see here. So they kind of set up the uh, the house with the kind of fishing line and the bear. Decent. Decent, I guess. Um, Yeah. And then they go out on the boat and, you know, the boat scene was pretty chill. I thought it went well. I mean, I kind of like the fact that that he was, he almost had like some classic horror movie um, Jason kind of abilities to withstand torture and come back. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a little hokey, a little bit, but, but I mean, it, it was okay. It, it, the thing is, is, I I don't think that there was a, a sequel to this, right? Like not, not at least with like the same cast or So it wasn't like planned that, you know, at the very end, when we, we see him presumably drowned, it's not like he comes back as some sort of Jason character. So I'm, a am good. I really hope not. I would really, yeah. He, if he dies there at the end, totally. Totally cool with all of like the catching on fire and shit and solid, solid for sure. Let's see. I'm trying to peek at other uh, goodies here again. I did not really do my homework, so this is a little off the cuff here. Um, oh, you know what? I did I guess I didn't even really put the strings together if you will when when our main character uh what is it sam sam notices the missing piano wire i i didn't even relate it to the wire that's used to strangle the pi which is a which is a miss on my part that makes total sense
1: that's true i i remember when i remember when they say that okay what are you looking at like a list of things you might have missed
0: no i'm literally looking at wikipedia.org right now just going through the plot um I'm peeking at uh, a little production here. It was originally supposed to be Steven Spielberg who decided it was too violent and wanted to get... Wow, I I never knew this. Apparently Spielberg and Scorsese had... You know, Spielberg was lined up to do Schindler's List. Scorsese was lined up to do... Cape Fear and they traded. So at some point in time, Scorsese might have made Schindler's list. And then Spielberg said, Hold up, this is too violent. Let's swap back. And so they swapped back. That is a that is a pretty cool moment in history, right there.
1: That is really crazy. It's almost like admitting that they're both like on the same level. But yeah. honestly. Spielberg doesn't have an identity. What I feel like doesn't have an identity. I mean, if you want to just call his best films his identity, there's no like style of Steven Spielberg where it's like, oh, I can tell this is this is Spielberg. Like it's always just like really good or whatever, but it's just I don't know. To me, it's that's it. It's just,
0: yeah. I see what bland land
1: goodness like. Yeah, like I, it's. Mm-hmm. Did Spielberg did uh like Jurassic Park, right? Like yeah. the original yeah. ones. Yep. Like those are great movies, mm-hmm. but I mean, w- you you could say one of his other movies that's good, and it's not about action or people dying or dinosaurs or anything like that you know what i mean like right it's so it's so different it's the motifs are different everything is he's just a he's just a guy that that's good at getting it done this getting the script done yeah Um, he's a blockbuster machine right
0: I mean, I'm trying to, you know, I, I feel like I, I want to stand behind him, but I'm also looking at his films and, and I definitely see what you're saying. Like Saving Private Ryan, Minority great, Report. Great film, Saving They're Private Ryan. Great. They're all great, but there's really no rhyme or reason towards taking them under, except for just to, just to you know, obviously make a good film for... for yeah, the
1: Goonies and Saving
0: Private Ryan. Right. Where,
1: well, where, where, where do we, where's the bridge between those two movies? Which, to know? be
0: fair, I mean, if you look at most directors, you're going to see a very strange, eclectic mix of of goodies. But oh, um, 1991 Hook, right? You got Hook right there. Um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. So, so he he has got some some alien uh, direction, I guess. That that's an incredible movie. Oh, close encounters of the third kind is is essential, no doubt that, about it. That one is
1: is pretty awesome. Very, very good.
0: So I, I, I see what you're saying. I, I definitely see what you're saying. But but I, from what I'm reading in this in this wiki is that it's it almost seemed like Spielberg went to Scorsese and was like, you know what? I'm gonna need Schindler's list back. And Scorsese was like, Oh, okay. Um but but that is an interesting little uh, tidbit there
1: i guess his style is just like really epic
0: does seem to gravitate towards he doesn't really have much like think pieces like kind of slow think pieces really ai ai artificial intelligence really isn't like some massive heavy hitter it's it's a bit more psychological i guess but yeah, for the most part, it is flashy bigness for sure.
1: Like Jaws, Close Encounters, Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T., Poltergeist,
0: Saving Private Ryan is like the biggest movie I could think of, probably. Yeah, so you're, you're right. He aims he aims very very big for sure for sure. Um, he did the color purple, which which is a is a you know pretty intense think piece. But anyways, sure. whoo. Let's let me quick let me quickly peek through here. Um, I mean, uh, shout out first off, Nick Nolte. Looking through that list of 1991 films, Nolte was not um nominated for this, but he was nominated for another movie as actor in a leading role for The Prince of Tides, which I have never heard of before. But it's a romantic drama with uh. Who is he? Uh, who is he with here? Streisand, Barbara Streisand, never heard of it, but it also capped 130 million. So, again, adding I mean, Nick Nolte to do two films in a year that are both blockbusters pretty impressive there for him. Let's see. Um, Looks like, oh, oh, looks like Scorsese wanted Harrison Ford to be the main character in this movie. I could have seen that. I could have definitely seen that, you know, as a as a lawyer type. It would have made sense.
1: would have been you know, better. What's that? It would have been better.
0: You think Harrison Ford would have been better? Yeah. Have definitely. Well, mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. I'd take it back. It, it, he, he's too strong to of a of a dude strong of a character he i feel like he can't play a character that wouldn't be able to um whoop de niro's ass
0: (laughs) really i feel like nolte's probably bigger at that time than than
1: maybe yeah maybe bigger but i don't know he's he's got that demeanor
0: yeah around this time um Harrison Ford did do the Fugitive, which which I really like the Fugitive. And I think it's almost a, it's not a similar role, like, but it's a similar role in the sense that it's like, it requires like physicality and kind of uh, wit. So it would, it really would have made sense, but uh, that didn't work out. Let's see. Oh, wow. Harrison Ford got back to Scorsese saying he would be in it, but he wanted to be the Max Katie character. Bro, could you imagine Harrison Ford as Katie in this film? No, that would have been so weird. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't see that at all. All um,
1: right. Um. Uh. Have you seen anything about um the winners of this Osc- Oscar
0: Oscars? Of what 91 or this this year? This year. I did not. Obviously, I heard about all the dumb Will Smith drama, but I didn't, I didn't even look at at the uh the winners. Did you well, have you Will Smith won one of them? Well, oh, that's true, but we're not gonna talk, we're not gonna grace that with any talking. Okay. Um <laughs> A uh, Coda, Coda. one, one, Best Picture. I haven't seen Coda. The only Coda I know is the Led Zeppelin album, so I'm going to have to do a little homework here. Yes, I haven't what seen. What do we got here?
1: Um, just basically, all, all I'm drawing from all of these names and and whatnot is that I should probably just watch Coda.
0: Um. Oh, I see that a child of deaf adults and is the only hearing member of a deaf family, which I've heard recently. uh, I've never really considered that storyline, but apparently there's this whole like subculture of deaf parents who like want actively, like want their own kids to be deaf. And, and if they are deaf, they don't want them to like get treatment for their, so that they can hear Have you heard of that, that kind of subculture? No, I've never heard of that. Isn't that wild? Like, apparently that's, that's like a big riff in the deaf culture right now. But uh anyways, this does look, uh, does look pretty interesting, man.
1: Well, I'll tell you right now, okay. that's weird.
0: <laughs> that, okay. that is, yeah. That's a little sadistic.
1: I. I guess I know that you can't hear me right now, deaf people, but that that's a weird thing to do. So don't do that.
0: It's pretty rough for sure. I mean, it's like, I feel like they're coming at it with this idea that like being deaf is actually not a disability, that it's a, that it's a powerful ability. And so they want their kids to have that. It's
1: if, if, if it's against cochlear implants, then I understand that.
0: No, it's, it's, it's a it's it's like basically if you're not deaf and you're our child it's like it's like you're not really one of us like you're kind of like
1: oh that's dirty
0: it's like you were like a adopted kid at something or something like that
1: oh that's like some sort of animal mentality that's dirty <laughs>
0: it's, it's pretty bad for sure oh. well let's see here anything <laughs> but you brought up you brought up uh this year's ostrich did you want to tie it to cape fear or were you just kind of thinking about it
1: no i just i'm just thinking about it
0: i did see um the power of the dog with Cumberbach. yeah i watched that that movie was not very good in my opinion but yeah. i mean it was it was based i still haven't seen licorice Pizza, dude i have not either but dude I, I maybe i just have not been in the know about the oscars but does best picture usually get two, four, five, ten nominations for best picture? That that's a lot of movies to be to get nominated for best picture.
1: It's only started being that many. Um here, hold on.
0: I mean, I feel like I'm looking at 92 right here, and there were five, which feels what I'm accustomed to, I guess. Ten. Right.
1: So Right now, we're doing 10, obviously. Yeah. We've been doing 10 since... I don't know, but I'm up here in 2016 where we have 8.
0: Okay. So it slowly started It's,
1: it's 8 up to, to 2010. Okay. In 2009,
0: we had 10. Okay. All right. That just seems like it. I mean but, I feel, like, I mean, but once
1: you once you get back to two thousand eight, there's only five, hmm. and and it's and it stays five all the way back until the beginning, okay. of the Oscars. So okay. what we really need to fucking do is go back to five.
0: I mean, you know, we just called out how ninety one was such an amazing, massive year. And we called out, I want to say maybe seven or eight films. So I get it. But I mean, you just take any odd year and the chance that there are 10, even like, I don't want to be like nasty, but even 10 good movies, I feel like is kind of rare, let alone like let's cement them as, as greats of all time. Am I, I guess we're on the same page here. So it's, it's not worth,
1: yeah, this is a shenanigan.
0: Okay. Well. I will peek at them quickly. I've only seen Dune and Power of the Dog, and, and I thought they were both. Uh, I, I feel like a lot of people really love Dune. I thought it was just okay, but I'll, whatever. I'll bite my tongue on that one. Yeah. Let's see. We had uh, Drew Barrymore and Reese Witherspoon wanted to be Danielle, which I think they I think Reese would have been interesting. I don't. I don't know how old she was at this time in '91, but that I don't think Drew probably would have killed it. But Reese Witherspoon actually could have been pretty interesting there. Makes sense. Wow. Uh, Spielberg reported that Bill Murray wanted to be Katie. Dude.
1: Okay.
0: That could have actually worked. I think. And Mike. That maybe that's crazy. Okay, Bill. I don't know. <laughs> I think it could have i don't know
1: where it, does he play the villain
0: i mean let's not typecast but but you're right bill murray does not probably have the biggest range of most people um let's see here does
1: does de niro even have to um audition at this point
0: oh yeah you're right you're right i mean i'm sure scarcity tapped him for sure um Let's see, they used Hitchcock as a style. Uh, Yeah, that feels like uh, about it, really. uh, Did very well. Let's see, do we get a Robert? uh, Do we get an Ebert quote here? They usually love to throw an Ebert quote on Daenerys, I mean, uh, Scorsese stuff. No. Oh, yes, of course we do. Only gave him three stars. That's, I feel like he's been a strong four star guy for Scorsese. Impressive master of the traditional genre. But as I look at this 35 million dollar movie with big stars, special effects, and production value, I wonder whether it represents a good omen from the finest director of now at work. Wow. So he basically says, Scorsese. Don't fall into the Spielberg trap of trying to go for blockbusters. Like you're better than that. It's kind of what I'm reading that as.
1: Yeah.
0: Which I haven't even, I haven't even peeked at what we're doing next.
1: We're going into the age of innocence.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like going for age of innocence is, is diving into the Hollywood blockbuster attempt. Maybe, maybe he was. I, I don't really know.
1: Yeah. It definitely was not um, nominated for an Academy Award okay. for Best Picture.
0: Just innocence. We've got uh, what's his name? Daniel Day Lewis right here. Michelle. Ooh, Winona Ryder is in this. Ooh. She was twenty years old. Oh my goodness! We get twenty-year-old Winona Ryder. That could be. That could be fantastic. Have you seen this movie before? Nope. Okay. All right. Well, I'm excited. Um, I guess not much else to say, man. I mean, I, I feel like it was it was a solid film. It's it, you know, Cape Fear, probably not. Uh, I, I've never seen the original actually. I know that it is a um a remake of a who was it was it i think it was gregory peck so i have never seen that movie have you seen the original the original what the original cape fear
1: oh there's another one i i didn't know
0: i mean it looks awesome really it's got gregory peck of course from um to kill a mockingbird fame amongst many others You've got Robert Mitchum, who, who I know. What am I trying to piece him in? Um Damn it. What, what do I know him as? He's got such a, a recognizable face, but I'm kind of sure. I'm looking through his, his movies, and I'm not really seeing one that I, I know him as. But, uh man, that could be killer. I might have to go back and, and peek through that. Hmm.
1: Yeah, let me know what happens when you give it a peek.
0: Okay, I'll do so. Um, wow, yeah, I mean they put this Robert Mitchum as number twenty three on greatest male stars of the classic cinema. That's pretty killer right there. Sorry to, I, uh, you, you guys knew what you were, we we warned you that this would be mumbling and uh, and and just looking through stuff as we go, but. Uh, Holy shit, Mitchum just straight up starred in a movie every year till for like 40 years right here. This dude was Oh, he he even was he Gregory Peck and Mitchum both had cameos in our 1991 version that we just watched. Wow. Cool. That is super cool. Mitchum played just one of like the investigators and then where was peck in the uh the new one let me see here oh was that peck as the lawyer oh it was gregory peck played that really shifty lawyer who represents katie and and basically gets yeah gets him off oh that's so cool to do that it's not just a cameo it's like a straight up role in the film that's fantastic, man. Just fantastic. All right. Well, uh, well, yeah, we'll dive into the age of innocence. I, I'm really excited. A total 180. I'm guessing in terms of plot and, and everything, but, uh, cool, man. Well, thanks for talking through it. And, uh, and we'll get to that one next Monday. Maybe we'll dive into, we'll, we'll keep our eyes out for, for when the mock drafts open up. Um, we'll see how it goes.
1: Yep. And everybody email us with your uh, basketball picks and disc golf picks.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. If you got some hot tips, send an email, the waiver at gmail.com. Hit us up.
1: All right. See you next week.
0: Yeah.